Hey everybody, Donnie Turner, host of the Free For Life podcast here. I just wanted to apologize for the lack of uploads. I think it's going on almost two years now since the last time I recorded a podcast. And that's for multiple reasons, which I won't really go into right now. But I do want to say that I am proud to say that I finally got over the hump and recorded an episode. Now, this episode is a special episode. It's very different. It wasn't really recorded for anybody else, but you sort of are getting a sneak peek into a conversation with uh, my brother and I, Rob Turner. Now, he has an incredible story. It's uh, um, very special to me. It's a very personal episode, and we talk about everything from personal growth to the importance of mentorship and being a mentor to being a mentee and um, spirituality and faith. So if just disclaimer, if that's not really your sort of flavor and all you want to hear about is business, even though I do think that's important, um, we go into a lot deeper topics than that. So that's just my initial disclaimer. And also, I just want to say uh, I apologize for the audio on my part. For some reason, my brother Rob, he came in loud and clear, and I sound like I'm talking through uh, radio. Um, so, apologize for that. Um, I'll I'll make an effort to start using my mic that I purchased just for podcasts. I'll make sure to make an effort to use that in the future instead of just my AirPods. And, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode. All right, I'm going to start recording. So, recording is in progress. So, um... So, yeah, dude, we could, you know, you know, uh, I think it'd be fun just because, you know, we're, we could have this for the future, you know, you know, for our kids or, or literally for anything, I might even just end up posting this on my podcast. This is, this is going to be free flow, just, uh, recording our conversation. Um, so for anybody that might be listening now or in the future, I think it'd be fun if you uh, introduce yourself, Rob. And um, I like I like the idea of uh, having people introduce themselves because it's kind of like a humble test, right? <laughs> well, it's also kind of interesting how people want to decide how to describe themselves. So, I mean, you could describe yourself any way you want to. You could talk about, you know, you could start from the beginning. Actually, I'd love to do that about this podcast uh, because I think just in a short amount of time, even in, within a year, you are an incredibly different person than you were, than you are, than you are now. You know, you, you've grown incredibly in like a year. So, but maybe right now at this moment, just uh, go into who you are, what you're about, maybe what do you do? And then we'll, we can keep going from there. Who I am and what I'm about. Yeah. Well, easy question. For, for starters, I'm a brother to okay. Donald Turner who I know is Donnie Turner and I am Robbie Turner, legally known as Robert Turner. Um, I don't know if you're going to have editing power over this, so I'm just going to be myself. (laughs) No, just Um, be yourself, man. And, you know, uh, I'm going to try to leave it the least edited as possible. So don't worry. All right. We'll be good. Well, um, you know my history better than most people, but uh, if I'm just going to say things bluntly, uh, I'm a father of two. I work in a family business with our father, Craig Turner, in which I'm very invested in and spend most of my time in. I, I'm in love with it. I'm in love with my family. Um, 
<laughs> I, even now, my family is staring at me. Um, you know, yeah, they can jump I, in I, if they're comfortable. Uh, we'll say we'll <laughs> save that for later. All right. Okay. Um, I, I myself am trying to get comfortable, so I think that's I think that's fair. Well, um, let's just, just just forget about the recording. You know, we're just we're just talking. Right. 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 <laughs> just to make sure not to have a potty mouth, but that's always for the better anyways. Um, no, yeah, but that, that that's who I am, to be honest. I, I, to, I feel like I've been a lot of things in my life, and I feel like now um, I am the simplest form of me, yet I have so much more than I've ever had. Mm. Um, I feel like I used to juggle a lot of different personas and different um, possible futures, and now I have a future that I want, and... And so actually achieving. So now I feel like life has become just that much simpler. Uh, but yeah, that's who I am. I don't know if you introduce yourself to your own podcast, but <laughs> no, no, uh, I'm not really, I don't have a lot going on and I'm not very important. I kind of want it to be <laughs> just cause I, I like talking, you know, I think you're in a very interesting point in your life. Just like you said, I mean, you finally, I mean, you know, me being your older brother, I guess I could, you know, I mean, it's funny because now we're grown up, we're, we're peers now, you know, I'm not really the older brother anymore. We're just brothers, you know, that's how, that's at least how I look at it. But I mean, you know, yeah, I've, been there, I see that. I've been there from the beginning and I've, you know, I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen the worst and the best and I think you're doing really good. I mean, like I said earlier, even from a year ago and I, uh, yeah, I love that, you know, um, you know where you're going because for a long time, I think you would even describe yourself as saying that you wouldn't know, you had no idea where you were going. So just that, that well, subtle to be honest with beautiful. you, that to touch on that, it's, it's a lot like, um, it's funny. Cause I think very, I think not even that many years back, but, um, let's just, call it five uh there was a time that i thought i was doing good or i was at least better than i'd been and yet i i remember this uh tug of war within myself i was working for the company i just finished uh the little tour we had in uh, sacramento uh where we had finally made the i think we had already made the trade for the stockton area mm -hmm. so we were out of sacramento for anyone listening this is through uh, the Domino's <laughs> franchise so uh, we had stores, I think it was five stores in Sacramento, and then we traded for five stores in, um, in the stock. No, no, it would have been like four or something like that. We already had charter. And now we have six, but we just accumulated one more on Pacific. Um, but yeah, anyways, small detail. Uh, I, I followed the stores from Sacramento. I was living there, and I made my way to Stockton. Um, ended up at charter. I was working under uh, Sergio Mallorca, one of my uh, early mentors, uh, the madman that he was, is. <laughs> you throw um, any pizzas at you? Ah, uh, no, that's all the stuff of legends. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, he he definitely he definitely. Uh, since there is a possibility that he'll listen to this, he was actually I do call him a mentor because um, he was many people's mentor just because he he embodied a style of uh, of uh, leadership and. To be honest, he always preached about how cool learning was. Um, like, you know, 
passionate about it. Literally, like mm-hmm. passion. That was that, that was, was the word. That passion. was his word. Yeah, you gotta have passion. He was just very uh, like a like a force coming at you every time you talk to him. That being said, like you know, at the time I was this timid. Um, there's a lot of words I could have thrown at myself right now, but I was just this timid kid, and um, thought I knew exactly who I was. Thought I knew thought I was in a better place, thought I knew where I was going. But in reality, there was this, it was almost a visible tug of war going on. And he, someone like him, even I remember him even saying to me, like, you know, one day you'll have to make a choice as to what you want to do. Um, at the time I was, I was, um, I was working for the company, but I had no interest in, I had no interest in being in the company. It was just, um, it was just an easy job. Uh, paid the bills. I was, and even then, not really, <laughs> but to be <laughs> honest, um, it, it, it was most obviously I had a lifestyle that was very, um, taxing in many ways. Um, that being said, I, I, I do remember I, I used to, I used to, I guess you would call it perform in art shows or attend art shows, mm-hmm. uh, frequently, almost every weekend. And at the time, my I really thought that that was, that was my direction. Um, even though I never actually gave it the work, um, like in Steven Pressfield's, um, turning pro, he speaks about the whole, you know, the amateur over identifies the amateur doesn't show up every day. The amateur doesn't accept pay for what they do. And that is that everything in turning pro that he describes as the amateur. That was my life. Um, I'm not, I'm not boastful, so I won't say that now I look at my life and I say that I turn pro, but if I was ever close to it, I am now more well, than ever. I think turning pro isn't a status, but it's an attitude, you know? I, I, um, I do believe, I do believe it's either you are or you're not though. Mm-hmm. That's why I say that because mm-hmm. um, you're either an amateur or you're a pro. Otherwise those two words wouldn't coexist separately. There would have been a middle word. Well, you know, or, or is there is there a, a, a novice? Uh, uh. <laughs> well, I think I think we're we're always ever evolving. At least I hope we are. You know, I think we're all amateurs that are turning pro, right? It's kind of and that's the title, right? It's turning pro. It's not being pro. Like we're never we right. never are pro. We're we're, we're turning you, pro. No, but you just said it. Um, there is always a turning point. Um, oh, yeah. Jim Rohn talks about it. Maxwell talks about it. Ziegler talks about it. They all talk about it. There's like this. Just, Jim Rohn's is so sweet and innocent because his. It's, it's. I know it's just an example, but at the same time, you have turning points in your life with many aspects of your life all the time. Maybe not all the time, but in many different ways. Um, I, I, he has that cute story about how he um, he had Girl Scouts come to his front door. And they were trying to sell his sell the cookies, and he was like, "Oh, I'm sold! Like, yes, uh, you got you girls did a great job. Like, I'll, I'll buy five cases or whatever." He said, "And they're good and, cookies. Um, they're good cookies. They sell themselves." Yeah. So at that point, it's it's all about volume. <laughs> um, so they they were selling volumes of cookies, and he reaches in his pocket, no money. Looks around, no cash. He has no money to pay these girls for these cookies. And it's a, it's a silly little example, but like he says, it's like at that point, he told himself, I honestly kind of don't even know what the turn was to like, I'll never be caught without money in my pocket, I guess was the, was the idea. But never course, unprepared, it was just, yeah. 
it, it never unprepared. And it was just an example of that. And honestly, I, I, I understand that now more than ever because um, I feel like I've had many turning points just in regards to um, actually one of my favorites. Uh, it's not Andy Andrews. Uh, um, what's his name? Oof, oof. I was going to say Andrew Ryan. I think that's actually a reference to something else. Um, Darren Hardy. Darren Hardy. Oh, yeah. Favorites. Um, he speaks on that definitely uh, on his uh, com- um, the compound effect. He talks about like, um, well, just honestly, in his daily mentoring, he talks about that if you make one decision, it can create a domino effect in all your future decisions if you uphold that decision. Like the ability to say no to something. Like in my case, it's easy to say, like I said no to substance abuse. And um, even all these, even all this time later, even though it maybe doesn't seem that like much time before, like before in the grand scheme of things. But um, if, it, if I'm ever asked if I want to partake in something, I, I said no some time ago and it's easy. It's autopilot. I'm like, sorry, yeah. I, that's not, I don't do that. It's not mm-hmm. like, sorry, uh, not this time. It's not, sorry. Um, um, I'm good right now. Maybe like how it used to be. That used to be the vocabulary. And maybe if I was trying to not, you know, do certain things that would have been still how I responded. And that, and that's what Darren explains that that's, that shows that you aren't committed to the no, pretty much. It's, you're still dancing with it. You haven't made that decision because you don't see yourself as someone who doesn't. You see yourself as someone who currently is not. It's interesting. No, but, I mean, um, that's a, it takes, and it takes a lot of maturity and growth to realize you need a turning point. Um, I mean, you shared, you shared, you know, a turning point in, um, you know, in substance abuse. I mean, share, share, you could, you could share it on this one, or I know, you know, like you said, we all go through multiple turning points. Um, what gave you the realization that you needed a turning point in that area or what, 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 what inspires you to do a turning point in any area of your life? One second. No worries. Okay. So question is what inspired me to have a turning point in my life? Yeah. Um, I, I can answer that pretty easily. It's not, it's not complicated at all. Um, I've, I've tried it many times and um, I'm not going to dance around it. Um, my relationship with my partner um, was the first was the first turning point, um, and then um, from that, my uh, the birth of my second son, which um, Dude, you know, um, I love that, you know, and I'll tell you why because, and I think it's something, and I've, I've noticed this personality trait in a lot of fathers you know, people that choose to be a father to their children, um, because sadly some don't, it's, it's, it's that, you know, I don't know if you realize it or not. I I think you do, but I'll point it out anyways, is that, you know, your reason for your turning point and for changing your life and for improving and all that, you know, for most people, it's, it's because I want to be better, right? It's because I want a better life and this and that. But the fact that you brought up your partner and the fact that you brought up your children, you know, you're, focus shift is not on you anymore and it's on somebody else. And, you know, 
uh, you know, we don't have to go into spirituality and religion right now, but that's exactly Jesus's attitude, right? It's, and, um, well, let me, yeah, go ahead. Let me speak on that. Um, with what you just said about others, uh, I agree. It's, I used to do this practice when I would be, uh, when I would do, um, therapy sessions where I think I even talked to you about this a little bit, but uh, it was kind of like a form of hypnosis where you would just, uh, you would get into like a deep silence and start to dream. And, um, the, the practice was always to, was always to dream of yourself. They do this in, um, in some like self-development classes as well, where you, you start to envision yourself kind of like on, a, on an astral plane or something like that. And like, you're coming from space and you start honing in on a location. And that location is typically in a different point of time in the future, sometimes in the past, but in this case, in the future, because you're looking forward, um, you find the house that you're living in, you find the door to that house and you knock. And um, the reason I bring this up after what you were just saying about others is that um, through this, I remember that every time I would see the person that I wanted to be or that I hoped would be me in the future, my mind's eye always brought me to the same kind of person, even with year gaps from when I would do it. It would always be the same person. Like to this day, when I look at who's opening that door, um, it's the same guy. And when I look at that guy, though, though if I was to explain this person uh, to someone who couldn't see them, or couldn't feel their presence. And that's a lot of it is the feeling of a presence. I wanted, or I saw a man who was capable, felt warm. He could feel safe around and cared about people more than he cared about himself, but not to the point of self-sacrifice for others where it would mean that they couldn't continue on. Uh, I used to feel like I was doing noble things when I would self-sacrifice, but in reality, I was helping people who didn't want it. And all it did was weaken myself. And then I wasn't able to be there for myself or the people I actually loved. I was there for friends. And mm -hmm. it was a stretch to even call them that. But in my mm -hmm. mind, I justified it. Um, that being said, that's what I mean by there for others, but also there for yourself so you can be there for others. All my disciplines that I've acquired deep down it's for my son it's for my partner it's for the betterment of anyone i come across um i'm finally getting to that point where i feel like i actually am stable enough to give something back and you know pace is of course you know kind of like the whole patience is a virtue just you got to pace yourself because i understand that i'm still well, young i'm uh, still fresh yes let's uh uh before, I don't want to move on from that. I want, I want to talk about that for a second. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, I think it's in Luke. You know, I feel uh, unequipped because I can't quote it. But in the book of Luke, you know, Jesus talks about the more that is given, the more is going to be required. You know, think about that. And one of my, uh, one of my favorite people in the world, it's uh, the Carosa Seniors. And they're the ones that do sacred selections. You know, they help uh, raise funds to... Uh, support Christian adoptions. And um, Mrs. Carrozza, she shared that with me. And I thought it was so powerful because like you said, we have to take care of ourselves so that we can give to others. You know, um, it shouldn't be a selfish pursuit. We're not, 
we're not going out there. We're not working hard so we could have a better house, so we could drive a better car, so we could wear better clothes. Like none of that means anything. And you can see the emptiness in people's eyes when that's the reason why they're working. But if the reason why you're working is to help your family and to help your tribe and then to further that and continue furthering your influence and continuing to help other people, people that you will never even meet by setting up foundations or helping foundations and stuff like that, then, you know, they, they just have that extra twinkle in their eye. You know, they right. have a real, it's they have a, a real purpose. Yeah. And, um, a spark. And uh, so I love when you said that, cause it's such a simple concept. And I think some people, they, they breeze over that because it's so simple, but it's just like every time you board a commercial airliner, right? They tell you mm-hmm. before you put the mask on your child, every single time put they the mention this every single yourself. time and nobody really listens. Right. Because you know, everybody's optimistic. They're like, this plane's not going to crash. <laughs> so they're like, um, most people still have their AirPods in. Yeah. But what, what do they say? They say, put your mask on and then help other people help the elderly, put their mask on, help your child, put your mask on. If you're suffocating and you're, and you're dying and you're trying to help everybody else put a mask on, they're not going to get their mask on and you're going to die. So, and that's exactly, uh, you could apply that to life too. So um, I just love how you brought that up. And yeah, like, like you said, when your growth is for others, you're going to, first of all, I think, I, I believe you're going to be more driven than if you were selfishly driven and you are going to follow through and you are going to accomplish it. So that was just beautiful. I just wanted to expand more on that. Oh yeah, man. Um, I was actually going to bring up the whole, uh, the um, oxygen mask thing as well. That's mm-hmm. it's a very good um, way of putting it. Um, funny enough, I was just reading this article about um, the current, um, pretty much the current environment in the workforce these days and how like everything has come to change it. Um, I promise this has something to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, keep going, um, supposedly, dude. Supposedly, um, during the time of this statistic was made, it was about 75K a year was the, uh, was the peak for people that once they hit that salary, they were able to meet their needs and beyond and consider themselves happier than they were at a minimum wage to that point. Um, these days with inflation, it's about 90 K supposedly according to this study. And, um, the reason I bring it up is because on a financial standpoint, I'm sure you can tie this in with the religion. You could tie this in with just, um, uh, just self-improvement or whatnot. But at some point, you know, uh, uh, the jump from 40 a year to even 45 a year is a large difference in the ability to pay your bills. And at some point, you're finally able to be self-sufficient enough that you don't rely on a roommate. You don't rely on your parents to pay your phone bill. At some point, you're like, all right, I got this. Mm-hmm. This is me. And you kind of gain this sense of independence. And then, of course, if you've got a spouse, you've got a kid, whatever it may be, you get to that 90. And now you're taking care of others and all that good stuff. But Anything above that, supposedly according to this study, in the workforce, people stop caring about the increases in their salary and start caring more about the quality of their work, meaning the quality, the, the, the satisfaction from their work, the feeling of accomplishment, of recognition, the feeling of giving something back. So it's interesting that even at a financial standpoint, at some point, once you've got your needs met and you're kind of even above that, like let's say in your self-development, you're no longer the lowest of your low at the rock bottom. 
Because at rock bottom, even just getting up in the morning and leaving your room from a depressed state suddenly feels like your whole life has changed. And then, of course, you keep going up and up and up. And then next thing you know, you're making these compound changes to your life. You might have this amazing diet, this amazing workout routine. You see your mom every weekend, all that good stuff. And at some point, you don't even start recognizing the good things you're doing for yourself anymore. And at that point, I mean, the only logical thing to do to feel that increase is to increase others. Because that 5K at the 40K mark for a year felt like a lot, but it won't feel like a lot at 90. 90 to 95 isn't going to change much in your life. But when you are having all these good things going on and you want, you start feeling like, okay, I've done all these great things for me. I feel good. Even for my immediate family, you know, my, my wife's happy. My kids are happy. My mom's happy, whatever it may be. Um, even my siblings are happy. Um, even that, I feel like that's the 90K mark. And you start to think like, you start to see people around you and you're like, what's up, man? Like, why aren't you happy? I do this all the time when I come into work. I walk in and I'm like, I'm just going to shoot a name because this is the last person I saw. And I was like, hey, Ralph, what's going on, man? I love seeing you. Like, back of your head look ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, it just anyways, but funny enough, like, Ralph's actually a guy that I sometimes I have conversations with him about like um, psychological tricks. It's just little simple things like, you know, how to make other people's day better. We, we do this with our drivers because um, psychological tricks, tricks, it's a, that's a bad term for it. But the intention more than you might get a better tip. Um, obviously, it's a little bit of a greedy reason, but the counterpart to that or the uh, un, the unthought of consequences that someone's day might just be a little bit better. Um, that being said, every time I told him, I, I saw him, I told him, it's like, it's your responsibility every time you bump into someone that you set the tone for their day, especially in the morning, because he's a morning driver. I see him every morning. So every time I see him, I was like, if you if you come up to someone, you're like, what's up, Ralph? Like, love seeing you, man. Like, you're looking great. Are those new shoes? I love those shoes, man. What size? You know, just yeah. to them, even if they're uncomfortable with it, deep down, they're just going to be like, man, this guy's just always happy. And he's always happy to see me. What's up with that? And next thing you know, I guarantee you, do it enough times, they'll start giving you that same energy. They'll come to expect that energy. And the scariest part is, and this is what I told him, I was like, the scariest part is about that, that next thing you know, you have a responsibility today that I wasn't doing so great. And I came in that morning and there was Rob like, hey man, good to see you, Rob. How are you doing? And I'm just like, to be honest, I'm not doing so hot. Um, I got somewhere to be. And wife was like, hold on, hold on. Aren't you the guy that told me? Sorry, sorry, I lost you there. Um, it's saying it's saying your microphone's off. Okay. There you go. So I, I lost you right <laughs> when I lost you right when you said you were talking about responsibility and you went in. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and you said no, I, I know, you know, I know Ralph, I'm not. That. Okay, okay. Go ahead. I'm not feeling so high. And he said, Whoa, man, aren't you the guy that told me you have a responsibility to other people's energies? But you set the tone. You know, he he checked me. And I was like, and it almost was like, you know, when you when you 
when you inform someone of something like that, you all of a sudden have accountability with that person because they know the mm. trick. Yeah. And they're like, you know better. You know what I mean? It's just like someone saying like, oh, I'm on a diet. I don't eat sugar. And next thing you know, you walk in with a bundle of donuts. They're going to be like, whoa, man. Hold on, man. Aren't you the guy that said, I don't eat sugar? So sure yeah. enough, sure enough, I, I checked myself. Funny enough, I'm sad to say I didn't check myself in that moment. In that moment, I just kind of smirked. I was like, yeah, you're right. My bad. And then left. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having a good day. And all of a sudden, me not having a good day meant everyone else all of a sudden isn't entitled to a good day. I didn't do anything to them. I didn't necessarily say, like, get that smile off your face. What you smiling about? What you so happy for? What you got that makes you so happy? I've seen people with that personality trait, and I'm glad that I never developed it. But that being said, I mean, that, that's all, that was all just to say that at some point, once you've got it, if you got that spark, you got that warmth, you have a sense of responsibility, almost as if you gave birth to a child into this world and that child was this energy, this, this possibility, this ability, and you have a responsibility to it, to share it. Just like how my son, I'll, I'll be sharing him with the world when he's ready. And it's my responsibility to harness everything he's capable of and give him everything he needs to, to be that. And then the world will have him. And he won't be mine anymore. It's my responsibility. The more, the more is given, the more is required. The more is given, the more is... That's honestly, I really like that. I, I've never yeah. even shows how much I need to read Luke. <laughs> it's a good um, one. It's a good one. Um, something you can live life by. Um, simple. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I love I love that. So um let's let's talk about something else. So last night you mentioned that you 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 wanted a little bit of advice, uh that you were going to um help counsel somebody. Do you want to go into that? Yeah. Um yeah, uh, uh I'm not going to disclose a certain number, but I've been sober for some time now. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like it's important that it's understood that I, I was um, classified as an addict. And, you know, um, interestingly enough, at some point um, I needed rehabilitation and I never got it like a proper kind. Um, I'm honestly amazed that my life even took me to the turns that it did to get me to where I am. I, I Looking back, it almost doesn't make sense how it happened. But at the same time, I wasn't alone. And I had a lot of people with me. And even when I say a lot of people, it wasn't that many people. But to me, it was everything. Um, that being said, the whole responsibility of once you get somewhere, it's your duty to help others. I mean, I would imagine that in the Christian belief, you would say the same thing. Once you find Jesus, it's your responsibility to share Jesus. Oh, 100%. That being said... I'm kind of having this internal battle because um, a longtime friend of mine, um, I'm not going to say their name, but um, someone that I'd always known to be a very strong person. And at one point I actually envied their ability to be truly who they felt they were. Mm -hmm. And um, it had been some time since I'd seen them. And to be honest with you, I'd always seen her as a bit of a, kind of like an aunt figure in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
mean, no offense to family, but she really was like the closest thing to an aunt that I had in my life. And um, that being said, there is a level of respect um, that goes with that. And I say that as well to say that there's a bit of a, res- a feeling of responsibility. Um, when I, when I was, I say when I was a lot younger, but I wasn't that young, or I guess it's all perspective, but during my peak of my low, yeah. um, we definitely, we definitely knew each other for a common activity and that activity mm-hmm. isn't exactly legal nor healthy. And, um, mm-hmm. I don't know how honest you want me to be on a podcast, but you know, Hey, however you're comfortable. Well, yeah, we just, we did some hard stuff together and you know, it was a very, every day was just like waiting till the end. So you could party it all, you know, party is such a funny word. Cause it comes off as cute. It comes off as lighthearted, especially mm-hmm. since like anyone can party. It just means something else to some people. So yeah. sometimes I don't even like using the word. Um, in reality, what it was, was a bunch of people who didn't feel very good about themselves hurting themselves yeah. and laughing about it. Um, that being said, um, I was recently approached. <laughs> I was recently, recently approached by, um, by this person. Um, funny enough, I wasn't even approached. It was just text in the middle. It was, you know, Sometime at the end of my day, I get this text without any, without any warning of asking me just a simple question of, will you be my sponsor? Now, mind you, um, we're not as close these days. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, when I became sober, I cut everyone out of my life that wasn't family. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Some people, when I tell them that, they don't. They think that means I kept one or two people. Nah. I mean, I'm friends with Jetty. But Jetty's mm-hmm. pretty much family. Yeah. Um, uh, and at the same time, I mean, at that time, he wasn't really around either. But we hadn't seen each other in a bit. So I don't really include him with my realm of friends at the time. If anything, he was sober and I wasn't. So, I mean, that tells you enough. But that being said, um, so I had recently, you know, started seeing her more and talking to her. And, you know, she wasn't doing so well. She was dealing with loss. She was dealing with change. She was dealing with a lot of things, betrayal, feelings of lacking self-confidence, just a self. It's interesting when drug addiction always goes hand in hand with self-image and feeling like you're not worth something. Because if you're not worth something, it doesn't matter what happens to you. Mm -hmm. But um, that all being said, uh, when I was... When I saw that text, it, it um, kind of took my breath away for a second. Um, like I couldn't swallow because it scared me. I was, to me, it's, it's, it's a compliment, but one that I don't feel like I deserve. Well, you know, um, um, for those that don't know, I mean, and that, that's kind of me too. So expand on what does it mean to sponsor her? What does that mean? To be honest with you, I'm not even entirely sure, but I've been trying to do a little bit of research here and there just to, I mean, mind you, this was like a day ago. Um, From my understanding, it's just, it's holding somebody accountable. I don't think anybody that's, I don't think any first time sponsor really knows what being a sponsor really means. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it's something that happens and it's just, it's just, it's kind of a commitment 
that someone makes to another person and the person makes it back. Is she part of like a program? Is, is this like a program? That's one thing. So I'm actually going to have a sit down with her. I don't want to call it an interview, but I need to know because I need to, I need to tame my fears and assure myself that this is something that she takes more seriously than I do because the stakes mm -hmm. are higher for her. Mm -hmm. The stakes are hers. Mm -hmm. And that being said, um, I want to help her. But at the same time, I just, I have this trust issue because I've been there for many people. Even when I was like just sober in the past for a few months and thinking that like, oh, I'm good. I'm solid. 30 mm -hmm. days sober used to mean everything to me. And now, I mean, I'm more than, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm time into it to the point that I don't even count the days. But, but that being said, um, being a sponsor, I'm trying to figure that out because I want to be able, if I'm going to commit to something, I want to be able to say, I'm going to actually be that. Yeah. You know, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I don't want to overpromise something I can't deliver. Yeah. I understand that no matter how busy you are, you, you make time for what's important to you. Well, what's important. And pretty much if you just look at someone's schedule, whether they write it down or it just happens, it tells you what's important to them. Mm -hmm. Well, they probably um, don't even think it's important to them, but it clearly is. Otherwise, they just let things happen. But anyways. Um, yeah. Well, you know, if you are asking my advice, I think there'd be, yeah, two big questions. First of all, you know, we were talking about, you know, the, the um, oxygen mask principle. Right. And um, so maybe... You know, and I don't know, so I, that's why I say this. You know, look at look at yourself, look at yourself in the mirror, and ask yourself how strong you are. You know, could you support somebody? Because I think, like you said, that's an incredible responsibility. So you know, and it's it's there's nothing wrong with um, being honest with yourself. Like maybe you're not yet. I don't know. You know, that's a that's a question for yourself. And um, but even if you're not, I mean, it, it, this could help you grow. And, um, you could, you know, I'm sure she could probably use help from anyone. And that's an incredible compliment to you. She obviously thinks you're strong enough. So maybe at the same time I say that, but I, I say, make sure you're strong enough. But I also say, maybe this is an opportunity to challenge yourself and become stronger. So, you know, there's, there's two facets to that. Oh yeah. And, and the second thing too is, yeah, I mean, um, and I think, I think you are here. We're also, uh, you know, just understand the gravity of the situation because you're a busy guy. You know what I mean? So you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. because that's, it's, it's, it's a, it's incredibly uh -huh. weighty, right? I mean, that's a, it's a huge responsibility. Just like you said, I mean, just like you said, so I think well, considering those are how high the stakes are, it is scary. It's scary, but I mean, if, you know, and there's a like, risk. Well, yeah, that's the third thing, too, is how serious is she, right? I think any mentor that's willing to take on a mentee, that's the biggest thing. Like, is this mentee wasting my time? You know, and a lot of mentees, they prove themselves to the mentor, right? Like, they work for free for, like, a year. And then the mentor is like, okay, you're mm -hmm. serious. You can be an apprentice now. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, so, and I'm that's, not saying... That's good what you just said, actually. I mean, no, honestly, in some form of that, I mean, that's kind of where, where I was going mentally. was just like, I'll be, I'll give you what you give kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, my level of commitment is solely based on your level of commitment. That doesn't yeah. mean I'm not going to try. 
But at the mm-hmm. same time, if I see you're not trying from the get-go or at the, or even at some point, I just see you throwing all my time away and doing what you're going to do anyways. After I give you advice, my time, my hours, I'm not going to be the buck, the crab in the bucket, essentially. Yeah. Although I, I, and that's why it's so important to be strong is because one of the biggest things that kept me strong was no longer affiliating with people in that life. Mm-hmm. I am reintroducing myself into that bucket in order to pull another crab out. Well, there's always well, it that shows risk. How- it shows how serious you are. Is she willing to do something that drastic? You know, these are, these are questions you can ask her in your interview. You know, she, she'll have That's questions for you, I'm sure. Um, make some questions for her. How serious are you? And tell her exactly what you just said. Um, because, you know, it brings accountability to her. Because if she gets tempted, and if she does get sucked back in, she might be on the verge, right? But then she's like, I can't do that to Rob. You know, if I do this, then my opportunity and my mentorship with Rob is at stake. That might be powerful enough if she's serious. You know, funny, enough. funny enough, so, the, the fact that you say that, that's one of the things, I mean, that's one of my tools to sobriety is the risk of loss. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the risk of loss. It's, it's funny because it boils down to something very simple. Because you, you start to gain this accomplishment, this achievement of time. Time sober, that is the currency of sobriety, time, mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. literally, like from my understanding of like drug abuse anonymous and alcoholics anonymous and all those things, they deal with days, you know? And to me, like I said, like I've gotten to the point that the days are just like, they're becoming like, like stars or sand, you know? I mean, it's not that vast, but at the same time, like I'll get there soon enough. Like every time oh, I yeah. check, it's now been it's been like a hundred days more. And I'm like, Whoa, like at one point I was counting every single one of these. Like it wasn't that long ago that if, if I was talking about being sober, I knew exactly what day I was on exactly. And I was already within the 600 days. But, um, well, it sounds like it's almost like a, yeah, go ahead. Um, Funny enough, uh, my lady actually just gave me a note. <laughs> um, we, we, we actually had a conversation that, that, that definitely applies to what we're talking about now. Um, there was a day that, um, there was a day that, um, so I have a few people in my life and you, not to sidetrack too hard, because I actually do have something um, I want to talk about on that same note we were just on. Um, yeah. I'm just going to write down a little note just so I don't forget. The note is Sagaba. But anyways, <laughs> I believe it's Tagalog. But, um, you know, Dad has been a mentor for us and for others in the past. And Dad is yeah. someone that we would consider to be mentally sound, physically sound, spiritually sound, financially sound, all these sound things. And interestingly enough, is like we were talking about, once you get to a certain point, it's your duty to share. It's like, it's what makes us human. Um, that being said, I got to the point, I want to say recently, but maybe I've been here for a little bit now. And, um, you know, an opportunity came across, not just this one, but before this, um, there's someone that's 
essentially family now. I'm not going to go too much into it, but it's pretty much, um, or I guess I could, it's, it's the partner of um, Aurelia's sister. And, um, you know, I see myself a lot in this person through the, through the gang violence, the drug abuse, just that lifestyle and taking a sense of pride in that lifestyle. And when I look at him now, funny enough, I used to judge you for this same thing that I'm starting to do, which is I look at them and I'm saying like, you are so beneath me. And it's funny because it's a self-relationship that I'm, it's a dialogue I'm having with myself because of how I see myself. And it's a, it's like a defense mechanism because I've learned, I've learned to have a sense of hate for who I was to disassociate but who I was resembles a lot of people who still are. So whenever I see someone who, who could use help or need help, I see them as who I was. And I say, get out of here. You're weak. Like, yeah, you just, why don't you just help? Why don't you just help yourself? Mm -hmm. Or I might even go as far as say, why don't you just do what I do and, and just get out of it as if it was that easy for me, as if it didn't take years, as if I didn't take a whole village to get me to just stop hurting myself. So when, when I come down to this point, and then of course, Arelli being outside of the situation, looking at me, she sees that mm -hmm. and she pulls me out and she just, she just asked, she was like, you know, like you're in a place that you can help others. And it's as simple as that. Like I am in a place that I can help others. And, but she did make the point that I was like, of course they want to, they, they need to want your help. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was interesting. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add, but cause I do, I do have the, uh, I do have something that kind of segues into the same exact topic, just in a different angle. And it's something that I've been, I've been thinking about for years now, um, has to do with the work Sagama. But anyways, um, you have anything to add my, my brother? No, I think we fleshed that out pretty good. Go ahead. What is, what is Sagama? I don't, I feel, uh, it's actually, Funny enough, um, I'm cultured. You, you feeling a little? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, been in Florida a little too long, I'm, have we? No, I'm, just I'm not gonna pretend like I'm like you know super Filipino. So go ahead. Well, um, I actually don't necessarily know what the word means itself, except for the fact that it's a song by the Blue Scholars that we used to listen to in our youth when we were little kids, and it's an underground hip hop song. And it was the only song at that time, besides, you know, classic R&B 2000s, but, you know, the good stuff. I'm talking, um, uh, what was it, Neo? And uh, what, what's yeah. that song? Radio? Go, go, Anyways, go, ahead and, go ahead and make your point, because I just Googled what it meant. So I, I'm curious where you're going to go with this. Okay, okay. Well, Sagaba is the title of the song by the Blue Scholars, and it's an underground group. It's two guys. They're very, like, you know, soul and hip-hop. Um to this day, I, I know every word of the song, but there was, this, there was there's many parts of it that resonate with me because the whole point of these types of artists is that the lyrics mean something. Mm -hmm. It's not catchy. It, it, it tends to be catchy because they go, they've got a flow, but at the same time, it's, it's just... real hip-hop. It's real hip-hop. <laughs> real hip-hop. <laughs> no, no, what you kids be listening to these days. I'm just kidding. This, um, is, this, is, log this is logic. Yeah. yeah no, legit. Um, no, but... Um, I'll just say it. He goes, we hardly know ourselves if we know nobody else. And only through our loneliness does home become a hell or something like that. Um, and essentially, 
I, for, as a kid, I didn't know what that meant. And I always, it's weird. Certain things click in my head and they stay with me for the rest of my life. Sometimes there's, there's silly movie references and sometimes it's a lyric from a song. Sometimes it's something that a friend, a friend said, or sometimes it's a conversation I had in passing. Um, in this case, it was that line. And it's like every year that line gets closer to me because we hardly know ourselves if we know nobody else. And essentially the song goes about saying a, it's, it's a story about a girl that he meets on, his, on like sitting at the steps of some place who um, he says he can feel her loneliness, but she wears it like it's armor, like she's proud of her loneliness because everyone wants to know her. Everyone wants to be around her, but she doesn't let anybody in. And what he's doing in the song is that it's a, it's a song about let me in. Like, I just want to know your name. I want to know who you are. And her name is Sagawa. Um, that being said, um, that line that I'm speaking of is what he says to her because she says, I don't need nobody else. Like, I know myself. I don't need nobody else. And then that's when he makes the point. Like, you don't know yourself if you know nobody else. Because only through other people do you get to learn who you are. Not only do they reflect back at you, but they give you the opportunity. Like, it's just like, you don't know how brave you are until you face fear or trouble or danger. You don't know how hardworking you are until you, you put that time under the sun and put that load on your back. You don't know how loving you are until you give the shirt off your back. You don't know anything about yourself until you do it for someone else, which is why it ties into everything we're talking about. It's all about what you do for somebody else. Um, funny enough, um, we'll speak on what is the government. Uh, technically it defines it in the song, but I don't know if it no? actually. Yeah, that's, that. that's beautiful. Well, yeah, it's well, a little poetic. Uh, Sagaba literally means obstacle. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. The obstacle. Kind is, of like, like, yeah. She is another, the, she's her own obstacle. She's her own obstacle. Well, another word you could use, I think, like a synonym for that idea of obstacle is like wall, right? People build these walls. And, um. So no, that's, that's good. Sagaba, yeah. Sagaba. No, but it, it goes in deeper to that when I'm, so that was the song. That was the stanza. But if I was to bring it more into real life scenarios, there was, um, there was a situation. So I, I attended a, we have a situation. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, you're kidding. <laughs> um, I, I, I recently have made a, no, I understand. Um, you know, I can bring out the jokes if I need to, but, um, no, I like where we're going. Keep going. No, but, um, uh, recently, so I told you, I don't have friends these days and, um, my time is very limited. And even when someone tries to become my friend, I tell them like, Hey, like I've got this amount of time that I can give the rest goes to work and family. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, if you can't work with that, like, I, I'm sorry, but then there can't really be a, like any form of relationship at that point. Um, I, and you know, it sounds, it sounds egotistical, I suppose, or maybe, um, it's forward. I like it. It's Realistic. just that I value my time and I've gotten to the point that I used to always let people walk on me. I always used to let people take up my time and give no value to it. But yeah. that being said, that's, that's not the point. Um, I met a, a man named, um, through a, uh, let's just say we were in a program together and, 
Um, funny enough, uh, you know, I thought he was a cool guy, but he actually took the the chance afterwards to reach out to me and be like, Hey, like out of everyone in the program, you seem to be the only one trying to do better for himself and has a head on his shoulders. Um, everyone else I saw, like, granted they're here, but at the same time, I could see that they're, they're quite literally still living the life they're trying to say they're walking away from. And, um, and he was like, if it's not too much trouble, like I can see that you're further down the road than me. I'd like to talk. And I'm like, you want to talk to me? This is my first yeah. example of like, you see me as someone worth talking to. Are you serious? And um, yeah. I literally kind of just gave him the stupid look like, Oh, <laughs> you don't know anything, do you? <laughs> but sure enough, all- <laughs> no, but, no, but they, it comes, well, Aureli brought it up to me that he sees you for what you show, mm-hmm. not for what you think of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's quite literally what he says. He was like, you look like a man that knows what he wants and knows where, he, where he's going. And that's all he said. And that's all he sees me as. Because I, 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 he, he doesn't know me and I don't know him. And funny enough, I ended up on... Um, I debated it for a while because he had, he had said like, Hey, would you like, would you like to go to a local restaurant? Um, you know, he's in Manteca and you know, he drove out, he drove out here and we, we actually ended up meeting up at an Applebee's. Um, after I, I had just gotten off of work and it was like, it was like maybe close to, it was like 10 PM, something like maybe 9 PM. I think it was 9 PM. Um, and you know, I was taking a chance. I didn't know this guy. And to be honest, like I was like, I had trouble trying to see myself because I didn't have friends. I didn't challenge the way I saw myself because everyone I knew knew me. They knew my history. They knew who I was. They spent all my time with me. And so here is this guy that I don't know that sees me as more than I see myself. And I had so I had so much trouble with that. I almost wanted to correct him. I almost wanted to say like, hey man, like you know what? Um, you shouldn't see me like that because. I'm not all that X, Y, and Z. Here's all the things I've done in my life. And here's the thing. It's interesting to think that like, is that we see ourselves on that critical level. Some people don't, but the ones that are trying to change, the ones that are trying to better themselves, they see what's wrong. And I don't know, it's maybe that's not a good thing. And maybe that's something that I still have to deal with. I think it is because that's what I was dealing with when I faced was my self image and trying to step away and actually like shed the skin, you know, like I am no longer that person. I don't have to, I don't have to identify as if I'm someone not respectable, but anyways, um, also I think I'm just very humble to be honest. Um, I don't know if it's <laughs> humble. To, I don't know if it's humble to call yourself humble, I, I, but no, uh, but, one, of, but, one of my favorite lines, uh, guardians of the galaxy, um, guardians of the galaxy Two, guys like, Humble, I like that. I too am incredibly humble. <laughs> and I'm like, that's such a great line. Um, so yeah, I remember that. That's it's cute. Yeah. No, yeah, but but just to make it to continue on, not to get too into this uh, segment, but um, it's interesting because an important factor was not only did he see me that way in this in this way that I don't see myself. But I saw him as from the little I knew that I got to know about him from the, from the, he was Marines or he is a major in the Marines. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, dude's built 
you know what I mean? And, um, unit <laughs> and, uh, um, just kind of like a, I hate to say it like this, but he was just kind of like a typical alpha male, if you know what I mean? Um, it's not about that. It's not like he was giving that off. It's just like, if you were to see this guy on the street, you're like, okay, he could probably rip my head off. Yeah. Um, and then you and find he, out he's a Marine. He probably has it all together. And then, right. And that's, that's the thing. So yes, looking at him from an outside perspective, he had it all together. And, and, you know, Relly pointed that out. She was like, you know, I doubt he sees himself the way you see him. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that and I was like, wow, you're right. I don't know him and I'm already building him up and he doesn't know me and he's building me up. What is that? What could someone benefit from having people that see them as more than they see themselves, especially if you are capable of being the person they see you as. So, and and then if you really want to get, I'm not going to go too into it, but you flip that around. What if you're surrounded by people that don't see you as doing anything more that see you as less, what would that do to you? incomprehensible damage i would leave that situation as quickly as possible and that is what most people who are asking for help are dealing with yeah people who are asking for sobriety people who are asking to leave their violent lifestyle they're Mm -hmm. surrounded by people who say you think you can get out the ghetto please what you got that i don't got we come from the same hole Mm -hmm. that is like quite literally quote Mm -hmm. quoting what i've Mm -hmm. heard from people like like we, we run these same streets and you think that you've got some staircase out of here? Mm-hmm. What gives you the nerve? Who are you? A pretty boy is what you are. Think you fancy. Think you deserve something. <laughs> think you've worked harder than this, at this than me. If, if anyone's getting out of here, it ain't you. And anyways, now I can go on that. No, yeah. Forever, well, I've heard it forever. Well, that's it. That's it. Like you said, I mean, it's incredibly powerful. I mean, and people will believe you, you know, they're going to be like, wow, you're right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to amount to anything. And, um, cause no one's building you. But the law, the law works in the opposite as well. You get around people, just like that. you said, you get around people that just like you said, I mean, they, they expect something out of you. You're going to start believing it. You know, right. and and you expect something out of them. That's going to help them. You know, the exact right. opposite. Right. And um, like you said, how does it make you feel when that guy came up to you who's built like an absolute unit, Marine Corps commander, and he's like, you know, I could really learn something from you. Can we meet? Like, how did that make you feel? Well, I mean, think about it like this. I mean, I'm just going to say he's twice my age. Yeah. Well, no, not not quite. He's you know, I, I, he, he's in he's like just entering his forties. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 26 just for reference. And, um, to me, I'm like age alone. How could you be coming to me for wisdom? Um, but that being said, you know, so obviously though, like once again, um, I believe I'm humble, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, but, but, but saying that, um, usually the wisest man in the room isn't the one saying he's the wisest man in the room. Yeah. 100%. Um, usually the people who have the most to share aren't the ones trying to sell it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that being said, um, that, that, that ties in with the whole, you hardly know yourself unless you, if you know nobody else. Um, I, I hadn't known anyone for a while. So I felt like I hadn't had the opportunity to challenge my self-image. And, you know, and, and it's, it's funny because most people get challenged their self-image when people are trying to break their self-image. But in this case, someone was building it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sure enough, like, so, so actually, you know, about my, um, 
my spiritual journey that I'm currently on. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone listening, I'm, I'm not, I'm not currently, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, well, how would you say a practicing Christian? Um, it's something that I've, I'm still challenging, but that being said, um, though this interaction with this man was actually what brought me, reeled me back in into questioning my spiritual, um, my spiritual health. And it was due to the fact that if you're familiar with the, the concept of the life wheel and the spokes on the life wheel, um, this was a man who was, who had a full spoke on health. I mean, he didn't want for not like for finances. I mean, the military quite literally gave him what he needed. And he spiritually, he was a devout Catholic, but it was a strong faith. Like he wasn't, you know, I just go on Easter and Christmas kind of guy. Yeah. And, um, and you know, like I can go around the whole wheel, but ultimately he was, he was missing an entire spoke, which just shows how he, like balance is so important. And that spoke was family. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be honest, I was kind of avoiding it. But the reason that we even knew each other was because we were in co-parenting classes because my first son, um, I had when I was younger with my ex-wife and, um, I, I'm honestly kind of, even though it doesn't feel like it, I'm pretty much nearing the end of that whole ordeal, that journey, um, of dealing with all that. Um, it's just at the doorstep, mm-hmm. you know, he, the, they, they just filed for divorce, three daughters and, and yeah, um, I realized now that I just said his name out loud and um, I didn't want to give out his business, but at the same time, I'll keep it brief. I could, um, I could, I could blur it out. Okay. Yeah. If you could do that, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. I could do um, that. Just because if anything, he might listen to this one day. Um, no, it's easy to do. I could do it. Okay, cool. Um, well, well, yeah, he, um, this just shows how humble he was to come to me because although he did see me as more than I see myself, he he knew that I had something he lacked, mm-hmm. or at least I had accomplished something he hadn't yet. Mm-hmm. And um, and being young, that added to his ability to respect me because he thought of like, oh wow, like here's a guy nearly half my age, and look at him thriving after this ordeal. Um, anyways. Uh, so that was how we were able to help each other in a sense. But with, when it comes down to the spiritual fact, it was, it was the fact that when he was missing that spoke, all other spokes seemed to support that fault, that dip. Um, and the strongest one of all was his spirituality. Um, say what you want about Catholic belief, but it, he believed in God. Mm-hmm. And even when he was listening to my side of the story, cause we just took turns kind of just saying the things that we'd been through. Cause this is how we related to each other. Um, he only asked the only reason it came up as spiritually was because he, 
And, you know, this is always a sign to me that someone's spiritually strong is because they're able to bring it to that, you know, because if you hide it, I don't really think you are spiritual, but, um, or, you know, that's, that's neither, that's not my, for me to say, but that, you know, no, yeah, I hear you. Uh, you yeah, know, you, sh- you shouldn't, you shouldn't hide it in my opinion. Um, that yeah. being said, he brought it up and takes a lot. Cause you know, in this world, a lot of people are against religion, like viciously. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. um, that being it, said, um, yeah. No, keep going. Oh no. Yeah. But he just looks at me, he's listening. And then when he, when he gets the pause and the moment to speak, he just asks me, have you read Job lately? The book of Job. And at first I was like, like, have I been listening to Steve Jobs or something? What are you talking about? <laughs> um, no, I was, I'm just kidding. Um, but it, I was like, it took me off guard. I didn't have, I didn't necessarily know he was religious, at least enough to read the Bible. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, uh, I was like, um, you know, I dabble with Proverbs, but no, no, I haven't. Um, funny enough, we, you had actually, I mean, you would reference uh, Job when we would uh, study those um, times before. But at the same time, I was like, I'm, I'm semi-familiar with the concept. Of yeah. Uh, and, um, and then he started to, you know, you know, explain this because he was listening to the trials that I've been through, the things that tested my ability to have faith in myself or, I mean, my faith in anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, I'm not going to get into this, but I will bring this up. Uh, I have multiple attempts of suicide in my past. And just to give a picture of the amount of lack of faith in myself I had, I think that, to be honest, is important because, um, you know, you really have to hate yourself. Or, I don't know, you really have to not think there's anything worth living for to do that so that being said um when he brought up job obviously um from my understanding of this of the um the scripture um the devil i guess was challenging the faith of one of god's you know i guess what would you call it um followers uh, <laughs> um, um he was questioning the faith of uh of job himself um of one of his, of God's flock, I suppose. And, and, you know, I guess in a sense, he was trying to get him through by throwing everything the world can throw at you to get him to denounce his faith in God. And to, I think quite literally curse his name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm, so I understood why he was bringing that up because, you know, even though I'd been through, cause I had thought I had hard, had been, through it hard before I had started to go through custody battles. And then I realized that I had never really experienced hardship or like this feeling of helplessness or loss until I had started to go through that process for anyone listening. If you know, you know, and if you don't fighting in court for your son or your child is one of the worst feelings I will ever experience. It is is a pain. That's not that, that goes beyond physical pain. Um, it's true helplessness. I'm sure there's always something that can top this, but in my life and everything that I can, if I was to write a book of everything I'd been through and leave that part out, you would realize that there's some weight to that. Um, mind you, 
almost a hundred percent of my pain is my responsibility and my, you know, I'm at fault for it. But anyways, that all being said, um, in a weird way, even though I wasn't religious, I, even though I gotten to the point of wanting to let go of it all, I never truly lost faith in the, in the hope of living um, because I'm still here, you know, and you can argue that like, well, the temple was made, but at the same time, you know, I didn't just get up out of the wheelchair and just, you know, start jabbing myself again, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, anyways, not to get too into it, but, but yeah, it, it, but that all being said, it's interesting that he brought to the table his faith because that's what keeps him grounded. Mm-hmm. And it made me see that. And I respected that so much because I was like, wow, because I'm not going to share his entire story, but from what I know, and that wasn't even all of it because, you know, some of it was so hard for him to talk about. He quite literally like choked on the words and to think that he never questioned his faith to God and he never questioned his faith to himself. Um, I don't know. At any at any moment in anyone's life, you can just give up. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Is you could just give up, and that's why it's like having family, having a relationship with God. It makes it just that much harder to do so because you're not just giving up on yourself. Anyways, um, well, I talked a lot not, on that. You're not giving up on yourself because you're living for others, right? To bring it all around the globe, to bring it on back. Yes, that's right. Living for others. It's more than you know, just about you. This is this has been beautiful, man. I really appreciate you opening up as much as you did. Um, you know, if you're not comfortable, I don't have to publish this, but I do think it would bring a lot of value to a lot of people in a lot of areas of their life. You know, I don't I don't know whoever's listening and where wherever they are in life. I think this could help encourage a lot of people. So it's up to you ultimately. Um, but I okay. wish really quick. I wish if people do end up listening to this, I wish they could see where you're at now because we didn't really talk about it because you're a very humble man. But, um, I think you've just because so they can see, I think you gave a good picture of, of where you came from. And I wish people could see where you're at now because it's so much better. Even a year from now, I mean, even a year ago, I mean, but we're talking like multiple years ago. I mean, light years, dude. Um, you know, um, yeah, you, you, I mean, you brought it up, so I'll just briefly talk on it. I mean, one of the, one of the saddest things I ever experienced was, um, you know, going to the hospital after, after one of those instances. And I was sad, of course, over what happened, but you know, what was really sad for me was, um, when you were asked the question and I didn't realize they asked this question, but when you were asked the question, you know, what is your faith? What is your religion? And you said nothing. And that, that hurt me. That was sad. Um, but to know that your, your, you know, your heart is opening and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're willing to listen. And I mean, I think to me that that's, that's, that's important because, um, yeah, so I, I guess that's really all I have to say. I think um, I just thank you for for sharing all that, and um, I, I thank God for where you're at now. I love you, bro. I really do. 
So, um, um honestly, yeah, I'm, I, I have no problem. I don't know if this is supposed to be getting close to a conclusion, if that's what this is. Um, but I, I have no problem with this being shared. Like you said, I mean, I'm at a point in my life that my past is my past. I don't affiliate it with it except for the fact that it's in a past tense. Amen, um, bro. I feel the same way. Uh, yeah. So that being said, like I have no shame with it being shared. Um, otherwise I wouldn't be on this talking to you. <laughs> so, um, and if anything, like we were just like everything we we're talking about, I mean, ultimately we can only help people through what we've, I mean, maybe this isn't entirely true, but it's easier to help people when you've been through it too. So oh, yeah. it's like, and since um, with the with the amount of with the different realms of life that I've been through, I feel like I have I'm I'm somewhat equipped to help with multiple. Because funny enough, like like on a religious standpoint, on a drug abuse standpoint, on a just self abuse standpoint, like a lot of them, it's a chain, man. Like no faith in God can turn into. No faith in yourself can turn into drug abuse, can turn into self-abuse, can turn into all forms of abuse. And, it, and you know, it starts from not having that anchor, that foundation. Um, I'm still trying to develop that foundation. And, yeah, I mean, through the support of others, I was able to get to where I am. And But to be honest, it's like, I feel like because of the support of people who have people like you, people like dad that have that faith, um, in a, in a way, I mean, obviously God's always involved, but you know, his work was being done through you guys for me and sure. Maybe, you know, family does that for family, but at the same time, I mean, you know what I mean? Just, no, yeah. So I appreciate I think God, that. I, th I think God was, uh, was looking out regardless on if I cared for him or not. I think um, so too. I, well, I mean, if you think about both of our upbringings and both of our life choices and the things, the paths we went down, I mean, how, how, how we made it doesn't even make sense. I mean, so many didn't, I mean, I have, I have so many friends that aren't on earth anymore and, you know, I don't even want to think about it because, you know, who knows what ended up happening, but I guess it's not for me to think about. Um, but you know, well, so many let friends me, that let me uh let me say this you know um because yeah you know as more is getting given to you and the responsibility is growing to help others um uh do that you know i think i think you're right it is your responsibility to help others but also i think um like you said you know reach down and pick people up but don't stop reaching up you know and leaning on the people that are helping you grow as well so um, it's like a chain, like you said, in that way, too, you know, so lean on God, but also lean on your lean on dad. You could lean on me, of course, always. And um, anybody else in your life that, you know, that you can see as being an anchor for you, because I think that's going to be even more important once you start getting into helping others, you know, because like you said, um, energy works both ways, right? Positive and negative. So if you start introducing, you know, negative for the sake of adding positive just uh continue to ground yourself it's like electricity you know what i mean you have to ground yourself mm -hmm. so um so just be aware of that i would say
And well, actually funny and funny that you said the electricity because it's just like a battery. For the longest time I never understood how batteries technically worked. I just knew there was a positive and a negative. But um it it's interesting to think that um there's this constant battle from charging and depletion um or discharging. And yeah. um I mean when you discharge, obviously you're giving your power to mm-hmm. others. And you know, it doesn't just magically come back, you know, you gotta yeah. plug back in. Um you know, you want to Go ahead. Uh, it's, a, it's on. You're good. We're, we're, right, we're, do, we're, we're back. Do you want to say that? Yeah, we okay. We just just came back from a break. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. I, I, um, what were we just talking about? I, I was saying that we should. What, what were we just saying? We were talking we, about we were talking about podcasting. Uh, well, we were talking about voyeurism and podcasting. Where, well, I, I just I like this new style because it's like. We're, we're having this conversation, you know, and the listener, it's like they're a part of the conversation, but they're just listening, right? They can't give us input, but they, right. they're in our we conversation. Forget that, and we, we forget that the record button's on and it just becomes a conversation. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And then I was mentioning how there's um, a lot of my favorite podcasts. That's the style that there's always, a, there's always two people who are very comfortable with each other, almost too comfortable with each other. Because they could talk for days, and they yeah, they always yeah. catch themselves. They're like, "Anyways, let's get back to the topic." Because uh, this isn't about golf. Uh, they gotta stop themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, because that's one of my favorites is Sam Fowler and uh, with his podcast for Dominoes. But there, there's also tons of them. They're, they're all kind of like that. And I realize that that is like you said, it's it's the common style in today's age of um, which is funny because I mean, you know, this is all going back rooting from radio and talk yeah. shows and stuff. And um, it's like they always try to replicate that, but you had a physical audience in the room in a talk show, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. how natural – you you have to really be comfortable to be like that. And honestly, a lot of these people are actors, so obviously they just turn on that. But, yeah, um, but yeah that being said, um, you know, I, I was like – I joked around about us being podcast partners, and I'm like – you said, oh, that's what you said. That's what you said. You said, oh, I know you're too busy. Yeah, and I find that I find that a little funny because I always see you as too busy. It's one of the reasons I, we don't talk as much as we should. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, we value each other's time. We value each other's time too much. But that was kind of one, a big part of what we were talking about earlier. Like, I could say I'm too busy to help others. Mm-hmm. I could say I'm too busy to hop on an occasional podcast for an hour. I could say I'm too busy to work out. I could say I'm too busy to take my lady on a date. I could say I'm too busy to drink a glass of water when I wake up. I'm too busy to do my stretches while my coffee is brewing. I'm too busy to put gas in my car. Cause no, why right, is it going right, to, right. yeah, no, but I'm not trying to be, uh, no, 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 but, no. And I, it's true. We no, make our time. We make our time. We have, we you have to be we, purposeful with your time. Yes. Um, and that's one of the, that's one of my biggest things right now is that I'm realizing that it's like now or never in, in most cases. Yeah. And um, funny enough, I'm actually getting a call from work. So talking about time, but yeah, anyways, okay. well, uh, no, yeah, said, you like, know, no, um, no, but, but that being said, I, I would, I would love, I love that idea. I don't know if I'm the man for the job. I don't know if, uh, if I'm necessarily the, the style of the podcast, but at the same time, if, if it was something I might've just invited myself to it, but I, I, I'd love that, man. You're, you've always been an amazing communicator. Uh, you know what I mean? You know how to talk. I'll just say that. So honestly, you would be amazing. I, I'm 100 percent down for that. <laughs> I need I, I need to start lighting up, uh, up. 
I need to start lining up, uh, you know, uh, people we can interview then. Um, well, I'll, uh, dude, I'm, I'm totally hundred percent down for that. Oh, you see now my lady's calling. So, uh, we should probably, <laughs> we should probably wrap this up. Um, you know, uh, I'll, I'm, I'm just going to call her back. I'm going to be honest. Um, so dude, I'm hundred percent down with that. Are you still with me? Hello? This is not Sorry, are you still you still with me? Can you hear me, Donnie? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think okay. I think it was because I was getting a call. Sorry about that. Yeah, me too. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to get off. You know, um, okay. Uh, uh, you're muted. All right, okay. let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, well, uh, what I would like to do is, and is this is up to you. Um, you know, I don't know how many ears this will reach, but I think a lot of people are going to be inspired by what you had to say today. So, you know, I'll, I'll, if, if you're okay with this, uh, I can put, I'd like to put your contact information in the show notes and maybe, you know, open up your DM box. Well, I know you're not on social media, but maybe open up your text message box, you know, and if people just kind of want to talk to you, uh, give them the opportunity. What do you think? Yeah, man, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I feel like DMs are, are today's um, are today's form of just a casual letter or note to someone because it, it's texting is almost texting is almost like putting it in your personal. hand. Because yeah, because yeah, texting is putting it in your hand while social media is like putting it in a mailbox. It's just not as. But I yeah, just for anyone listening, I I'm an advocate for meet people, know people. I don't do social media. A lot of that's because people in my past, I don't like them finding me. Um, I, yeah. I don't have an interest interest in a lot of people. Um, I'm trying to get back out there, but I'm doing it in a physical sense. Uh, call it. Like I have school. an idea. I have an but, idea. How about this? If we're really going to be podcast partners, I have a free for life podcast, Instagram account. And it's kind of hard for me to you wanna, manage. You want to you want to duo but, it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like uh, I could give you the login info and we could both manage that. And I could have people, if they want to reach out to us, us, me and you, uh, you could, uh, we could, they could DM the podcast. So I could even do that. Oh, that's um, perfect. Um, if anything, um, let's have Tommy Photoshop a photo of us together. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, uh, um, I think that's a great idea. Okay. Yeah, I, I like this idea. So let's do this, man. And, you know, um, you know, this it'll is primarily force, it'll a, force us to be closer. <laughs> it's primarily a finance, you know, podcast. But honestly, it's it's literally anything I want to talk about. So we want not a, a life so, podcast, man. Like finance, it, it, it kind of what it is. It's kind it kind of is what it is. I mean, I haven't been afraid to talk about spirituality on here. It's just so intertwined, right? You can't really separate it. Um, well, everything grows, man. Yeah, finance. I mean, what's finance without, like, like without personal life? I mean, <laughs> otherwise, what, what's it all for, man? What does it all mean, Basil? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, anyways, uh, but yeah, um, my lady already texted me saying like, gotta yeah. go grocery shopping, but <laughs> no worries. Family life's calling. So, well, <laughs> hold on. You know, thank, thanks again, man. There he is. There he is. <laughs> All right. There's the baby. There's Anyways. Big and Little Rob. Um, I look how big he is. Anyways, yes.
All right, man. Yeah. We've taken up plenty of each other's time. I love yeah. you. Love um, you too, bro. Let's make this happen. Let's let's, let's do keep this. doing this. Amen. All right, bro. All right, man. See ya. All right. Good luck.